Good day, everyone, and welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad that you have joined us today. We've got a really great show planned for you today. A little later, I'm going to talk with Michigan Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson about local and national efforts to make voting safe here in 2020. We're also going to talk about the Redistricting Commission, which took a big step forward yesterday. They narrowed the list of applicants to 200 semifinalists who represent uh, all parts of the state and all of the demographics here. Uh, we're going to talk about what's next in that process and what this list represents. Uh, we had hoped to be joined today also by Governor Gretchen Whitmer, who had to cancel uh, for some other obligations that she had. We are hoping now to get her onto the program again sometime next week. But first, we are really excited to announce the kickoff of this summer's WDET Book Club and to let you know what we will be reading and discussing over the next few months. The book we've chosen speaks very directly, I think, to the time that we're living in. We have chosen Ralph Ellison's Invisible Man, first published in 1952, to guide our discussions this summer. This book is about the travels of a young, black, nameless man. He moves through really different parts of American society in the middle of the last century and experiences the intolerance and the absolute cultural cruelty that black people were subjected to at that point. It is a book of fiction, but it is also a book that draws deeply on reality. Reality at that time, and I think reality at this time. We're going to be talking with other authors and influential thinkers and advocates about Invisible Man and talk about its relevance in 2020 each week here on Detroit Today. We're going to delve into real experiences of institutionalized racism, including its impact on issues of individuality and personal identity. The conversation is going to continue 24 hours a day on the WDET Book Club Facebook page, and we're going to invite experts, authors, and academics to join the conversation with readers. Participants will be invited to start conversations in our Facebook group and post corresponding articles and opinions. To join the WDET Book Club on Facebook, you just go to wdet.org slash book club and agree to the rules. WDET plans to convene a series of Zoom or Facebook Live conversations that will be open to the public through registration at wdet.org slash events. These conversations are going to take place in late July and in August, and details on topics and guests will be announced in the coming weeks. We are still really thinking about whether we can have in-person events, which have been in the past a really big part of our book club each summer, but they are on hold right now and will be announced if social distancing, health, and safety can be guaranteed. I'm really excited to read Invisible Man, which is a book I first read in high school and then recently reread about five years ago uh, in the summer of 2015. It's a book that, to me, really captures the essence of what it means to be black in America, not just in the 1950s, uh, but of course in the 21st century as well. And the key of that tale, in, to me, has always been the title of that book, 
invisible man. The idea that as African-Americans, we walk through American society without really being seen, without being seen as individuals, without being seen as equals, without being seen in some cases at all. Joining us now to talk more about our book club and what we have planned for the summer is one of our WDET book club partners. Janet Webster-Jones is the founder and owner of Source Booksellers, which is an independent black-owned bookstore right here in Midtown Detroit. Uh, Janet, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you, Stephen. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes, great to have you with us. Uh, So let's start with this question. Why this book and why now? Well, I think that this book takes us to the fact that we've had a literary tradition in the black community for many, many years. It's notable to know that um, Ralph Ellison won the National Book Award for this book. Mm-hmm. Um, Seventy, Well, it was published 78 years ago, but he also was the first African-American uh, writer to win that National Award who wrote a novel. Mm-hmm. So I think that's extremely significant. So this is not a... Uh, uh, a book that's uh, um, maybe a memoir or something that's lighter, but he really uh, does call on some of the classical literary motifs uh, in the book, and so it makes the book extremely rich and powerful in its uh, in its essence. But especially because the subject is so timely, <clears throat> and the subject I think uh, brings us back right to where we are with the issues around Black Lives Matter, the um, uh, say her name, say his name uh, responses that we're hearing, hands up, don't shoot, all of those things that are happening now are embedded in the thinking and in the uh, story, so to speak, of the uh, invisible man. So the timeliness, I think it's a fabulous um, book to uh, take on and really get uh, into the depth of this ongoing pandemic of racial discrimination that we are experiencing here in America. Hmm. As I said in the open, this is a book about a young, nameless black man uh, and his travels through American society as he grows up and gets older. Um, Talk about the themes that emerge from this story and why those themes are so powerful in 2020, even though they were conjured in the 1950s. Well, the the themes, and I have to uh, rely on the fact that I'm not a strong, knowledgeable person about uh, the novel. As you know, we are a a nonfiction bookstore. Mm -hmm. I did do a little research, and I think it's significant that he uses some of the classical themes in writing, such as the hero, such as the wanderer. Uh, These archetypes flow through uh, classical literature, but the genius of the book is that he uses black experience uh, to bring forth those uh, particular archetypes that we are familiar with, which really speaks to the um, really the level of classical education that we experience in this country, in spite of the fact that we had low level, low education, not level, but low education. So I think that theme, uh, and of course the uh, uh, getting caught up in all of the uh, institutional based racism at, at that time and still today. Mm. Uh, it is a novel, as you point out, and we've chosen this book w- w- differently than uh, in past years when we have chosen 
uh, nonfiction works mm-hmm. To, mm-hmm. To, to frame the, the discussion. One of the reasons that I was drawn, though, to, to using this book is the, uh, the, the masterful way, I guess, that Ellison weaves in uh, real surrealism, mm-hmm. which is uh, a very effective tool in novel writing, with these sort of fact-based memories or uh, reporting, really, that, that, that he does uh, about what the black experience was for people um, in, the 19, in the 1950s. Uh, as you say, your, your, your store is sort of convened around the idea of nonfiction. Mm-hmm. But, but talk about the yes. power of fiction here, yes. the power of surrealism as it exists in, in this novel. Yes, well, I'm going to lean on Toni Morrison a little bit because mm-hmm. she said, and I do know that it's through uh, the novel, which is working to reveal the interior mind of the subject, and their response to the world that they live in. She says that there's truth to be found deeply in the rich history of the novel. So I feel it's a masterstroke for you to have selected this particular book at this time because it helps us to have empathy uh, in the book. It teaches us, as I say, about the structural uh, uh, racial domination issues that we are facing today. look maybe a little different from the mid-20th century, but his novel gives us a a close-up-front view of the pain that is experienced, particularly by African-American men in the mid-20th century. Uh, my guest is Janet Webster Jones. She's the founder and owner of Source Booksellers, an independent black-owned bookstore in Midtown Detroit, uh, one of our partners for the WDET Book Club. We just announced that for this summer, the summer of 2020, we are going to read as a community here on Detroit Today, uh, Invisible Man, a book by Ralph Ellison, published in 1952 uh, about a young nameless black man as he moves through levels of American society, moves through his life uh, and experiences the incredible intolerance and cruelty of systemic racism as it existed then. We are reading it this summer largely because of the things that we see happening around us, the massive responses and demonstrations and protests to the increasing awareness that we have of the the brutal relationship between police and African Americans, uh, the way in which those protests and demonstrations have spread to include discussion of systemic racism as it has existed in this country from the very beginning. Ralph Allison's Invisible Man speaks to themes and dynamics that are at least as present in 2020 America as they were in 1952. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call and tell us uh, if you've read Ralph Ellison's Invisible Man or if that book has in some way had an influence on your life. Also give us a call and tell us if you've never read that book and perhaps that uh, reading it with us this summer will be your first experience. Uh, If you have read the book, tell us what you remember about it, what has stuck with you, what parts do you think are most relevant in 2020 as we have this really intense national conversation about what it means to be black in America 
and about white supremacy and the way it shapes our lives. As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. Also, go to WDET.org slash book club to find out more about how to participate in the WDET Book Club. We will be having lots of people come onto the show to talk about this book and the themes in it. We'll have other authors, experts on race, other people who have really profound insights about this book and its themes. Uh, we also are going to have a lot of events in July and August, as we always do during the book club. This year, they may look a little different because we may not be able to meet in person, uh, we, but we will find digital platforms for that. And if we are able to find a way to do it safely, we will have our regular book club events. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phone. So, Janet, before we get to, uh, bef- before we get to listeners, uh, I want to give you a chance to talk a little about Source Bookseller and the power of supporting independent booksellers and especially black-owned independent bookstores uh, here in Detroit. Well, thank you for the opportunity, Stephen. First of all, I want to uh, put a huge hug of gratitude to the people who have continued to su- have continued to support us, but also new people who have supported the store. Now, we have three major independent bookstores right here in the city of Detroit, and all of us have been working hard to serve the public during this time, there's a massive return to reading during this time because people want to know and want to understand what's going on. Uh, we, I wanted to say that we have, uh, uh, we are a nonfiction bookstore, but we also sell lots of uh, novels as well. But they are usually prize-winning authors and prize-winning novel uh, novels that we sell. So this fits right into us as well. The books. Uh, independent bookstores during this time of the pandemic have all been rushed across mm. the country. Mm. We are um, on Zoom meetings with our American Booksellers Association and our local, uh, regional rather, uh, Great Lakes Booksellers Association, and all of the booksellers are busy serving the public that they serve because people are wanting to know about this issue of race. The, I call them the big five that's been happening in the last couple of weeks. Uh, the um, book by uh, Ibram X. Kendi, uh, Stamped from the Beginning. The second book, How to Be an Anti-Racist. Mm-hmm. And it's one that is a mashup between he and Jason, Re- Jason Reynolds uh, called Stamped for the younger reader, the young adult reader. Those are some of the big three. And then there's White Fragility by Robin D'Angelo, uh, which is just... Um, touching the heart of so many people uh, across the country. We get calls from people all around the uh, country. Uh, another one is, So You Want to Talk About Race, which is another new book that's come out to uh, challenge people to talk about race and not put it underneath the table or keep it away from the holiday table in conversation. And the third one, uh, the fifth one, I think, is um, um, Me and White Supremacy. So these books have emerged onto the scene of uh, reading, thinking, uh, writing, and conversation during this time uh, because the need is really great. And I heard someone not uh, long ago say that racism really isn't cool anymore. Mm, (laughs) And and the young people uh, of this generation don't don't, want to do that. And so there's this huge uh, 
a collaboration and combination and joining together of people from all many, many walks of life, so many young people are in the streets, and they're, they're going to make a difference, and they are making a difference. Just the fact that we're looking at uh, a new way of having community safety uh, is a fantastic uh, um, change, and it speaks right back to the book that uh, no longer, I hope, will we have um, a young black men being killed yeah. directly yeah. from the police. And it didn't just start happening. It started really with the slave patrols yeah. running after people who were trying to get away. It's so really that we're... off a little bit with that, but the, the well, story is just... Um, uh, I'm just so happy that people want us to help them find the books that they need. Yeah. Uh, and and you, uh, when we called to tell you about uh, our selection for this summer and the book club... Uh, one of the things you said was that you had just made a big purchase of yes, uh-huh, yes, copies I, of Invisible Man. So we are all yes. kind of thinking in the same space here. Yes, I heard uh, James McBride read a passage, an early passage from that book on, I think it was an NPR station. It wasn't your program. I think it was one of the national, other national ones. And it was so powerful to me that he had picked up that book to read, and he's a wonderful writer. We have a new book by him right now called Deacon King Kong. <laughs> but he read this passage, and that, at that moment I said, I've got to get that book in the store because that's, uh, first of all, it's a classic, really, yeah. and it speaks to the issues right of today. And so we went ahead and uh, got, I got in contact with our um, uh, sales representative at the publisher and told him that this was going to be, uh, be a possible happening, and that I wanted some books. So I have some in the store now. They are uh, a paperback uh, copies, so they're not very expensive. Um, not the original. There are some originals floating around, but we didn't do that. Uh, and so I'm pleased to have them, and they'll be on our, our website, too, Yeah, yeah. On, uh, on our online website. Yes, and if you need a copy of Invisible Man, you should go to Source Bookseller uh, right here in Midtown uh, Detroit. Uh Let's go to some of the callers that we have here. Let's uh, start with Gene in Detroit. Gene, welcome to the show. Uh, good morning, Stephen. Hey. Uh, I'm glad you picked that book. Uh, I've long been familiar with it, and it's one of my uh, sublime pleasures to uh, actually have met uh, Ralph Ellison uh, mm. wow. not long before he died in New York. Wow. And what, what, what was your encounter with him like? What did you talk about? Uh, he's, uh, he was, uh, very thoughtful, quiet, and, uh, profoundly introspective, Hmm. uh, gentleman. Yeah. And, uh, but what I I was struck by and, and still am is that, uh, he had always said that he was going to write more books. Yes. And other than, uh, his literary criticism, Shadow and Act. Uh, he never did. Yeah, I mean, all and, the other books are are compilations of uh, his essays and things like that. But he never wrote exactly. another novel. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I must tell you that uh, 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 the novel that most uh, had impression on me, even more than uh, Invisible Man, was uh, Richard Wright's Native Son. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, yes. Somewhat more uh, gritty and. Uh, hard-hitting in a way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Gene, I'm glad you brought up uh, Native Son uh, because one of the things we want to do this summer with Invisible Man, I think, is talk about its connection to other literature of of this kind. And of course, Native Son is is in the same kind of space. 
Uh, I, I'm also a big fan of Native Son and Richard Wright because he grew up in Natchez, Mississippi, uh, which is where my family is from. And in fact, uh, when I go to Natchez and uh, do historic, historical research and things like that, I actually go by the house that uh, that Richard Wright lived in, I think, with his grandparents when he was uh, a young man there. Gene, thanks very much for the call and, uh, and the insight. Let's go to John in Royal Oak. John, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Hi. So uh, by, by astounding coincidence, I just started reading The Invisible Man a couple of days ago. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I thought your summary of it was fantastic. Uh, it hasn't occurred to me that it was surrealistic literature. I was, I was thinking of this from a more concrete standpoint, and I thought, why these stories are just bizarre. This guy must be schizophrenic or something. <laughs> but, but when you said that, that gave me like an, an epiphany. And I, I think even though I'm two chapters in, I understand the book a lot better right now. <laughs> yeah, no, it is, it, is a, uh, it is a different kind of storytelling that he is engaging in there. And it is, it is rich with uh, a lot of surrealism. Uh, and fantasy, but it's all rooted in this very real experience uh, of, of of Black America. And if you think about it, it is it is echoed in so much other literature that we see uh, come after Invisible Man. Uh, lots of works by uh, by Morrison, for instance, uh, works by uh, contemporary authors that indulge that kind of fantasy. I think owe a lot to, to Ellison and his approach in Invisible Man. Uh, Mike, I'm really glad you're reading already. You're ahead of us, uh, but I uh, hope you will continue and, and, uh, and, and participate in the, in the book club. Um, let's go to Ed in Detroit. Ed, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for mentioning this novel. I, I, it's been a long time since I've read it. And in fact, frankly, I'd forgotten all about it. Uh, mm. I've been reading uh, The Fire Next Time, uh, given yeah. the events of recent days. Sure. It's uh, Baldwin's collection of essays helped me understand the excitement of the 60s. Yeah. And I thought to return to it to help understand what's going on today. Yeah. Uh, but I think I will return to Invisible Man and and yeah. renew my acquaintance with it. Yeah. No, Ed, um, I'm, I'm glad and I'm happy that uh, that we've reminded you of uh, of your affinity for, for the book. Um, thanks very much for the call. Okay, uh, Janet Webster-Jones, always great to talk with you about books uh, and great to have you here on the show and we're really excited Again, about the partnership with Source Booksellers for our book club. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you, Stephen. Yes, we will see you soon. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk with Michigan Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson about elections, about voting, about COVID-19 and its effect on all of those things. We'll also catch up on the shaping up of the redistricting commission here in the state of Michigan that will draw our district lines after the 2020 census. Stay with us on Detroit Today.